Welcome to Akatink Unitarian Universalist Church. We're live streaming our worship service. I'm Reverend Pippin Whitaker, your minister. Akatink UU Church is a welcoming and inclusive community, and we seek to create a more just and compassionate world through our actions to bring about justice and by honoring the web of nature of which we are a part. All are welcome here, no matter whom you love, no matter your identity or heritage, no matter your beliefs or background, no matter your means or gifts, you are welcome here in this religious community. You are also welcome to come share in our virtual coffee hour after worship. We'll paste the link later or you can find it in your email. If you don't have the link, you can also get it from info at akatinkuu.org. And now I introduce you to our worship associate for today, Judy Robison. Hi, I'm Judy Robison, your worship associate for today. I invite you to close your other windows or apps and devices, take a deep breath, and center yourself for worship. If you are new to Akatink and would like to talk more about the church, please be sure to reach out to me, to our minister, Reverend Pippin, or a member of the board. Contact information is on our website at www.akatinkuu.org. On our website, you can check the online order of service or the worship section of our webpage. While you're on the website, be sure to check our events page for upcoming virtual gatherings and other news. We come together to worship on holy days for many. And many of us, no matter our beliefs or religious home, celebrate this season. Holy days have an energy because they're handed down with meaning over the ages and because we come together. And I'm so glad we come together today, despite difference, I mean, distance. Handed down from the ancestors, these days are close to us now in our hearts and they connect us to those who've gone before. May we call on the strength of our ancestors and harness the meaning in these days for our future. Our chalice lighting words today are by Dillman Baker Sorrels. For holy days on which we recall the old stories, we light this flame. For Passover, which reminds us of the courage and strength of those seeking freedom in the past, we light this flame. For Easter, which reminds us that love is our greatest challenge, we light this flame. For gathering today in this sacred space, we light this flame. For the opportunity to be together as a community, to remember the past, to plan for our future, to be alive in our present. Gather today, contemplating sacred days, songs, and metaphors. And I want to invite you now into a space of meditation and prayer. Take a deep breath. And look deep in your heart. Let us reflect on the metaphor that is right now. 
the metaphor that today brings. We are at our homes, hopefully in comfort. And our metaphor is also a symbol of where our society is in our community. We gather in different places with different distractions, each of us, different obstacles to joining deeply in worship. We have different bandwidth, work demands, children and other housemates, news feeds popping up. Just as we have very different strains in this time of physical distancing, across this diversity of experience, let us not cast about with judgment. If judgment creeps into your heart, turn it instead away. Let us not have comparison of whose plight is greater or lesser, whose purchasing is hoarding, or whose purchasing is justified. Let us instead cast about with compassion. And let us not judge where we are emotionally either. Some of us are ready to grieve. Some in this community are already grieving lost loved ones who died even from COVID-19. Others are grieving lost jobs, lost chances to say goodbye to family and friends, lost connection, lost plans, lost hope in national support or even human goodness. And others are farther from grief than ever. Some are feeling peace and ease and others optimism. Yes, we are in different places in our hearts and that can be hard to reconcile, especially if your feelings are strong, no matter what you are feeling. And still, let us not judge one another's diversity of experience. Let us instead cast a link of compassion across the distance, across our difference, and know that together, it is together, that we hold one another in a greater love. We hold all these experiences and we hold a wholeness. Let us be one, diverse, and held in a wide embrace of care. Amen. This reading, Passover Remembered, by Allah Bozarth Campbell, is about the Jewish holy days of Passover. We read this in a community of many beliefs and backgrounds. While as a community, we do not claim the depth of experience and history held within, we witness the depth of wisdom and guidance here that applies for all people of any time. Passover remembered. Pack nothing. Bring only your determination to serve and your willingness to be free. Don't wait for the bread to rise. Take nourishment for the journey, but eat standing. Be ready to move at a moment's notice. Do not hesitate to leave your old ways behind. Fear, silence, submission. Only surrender to the need of the time. Love justice and walk humbly with your God. Do not take time to explain to the neighbors. 
tell only a few good friends and family members. Then begin quickly before you have had time to sink back into old slavery. Set out in the dark. I will send fire to warm and encourage you. I will be with you in the fire and I will be with you in the cloud. You will learn to eat new food and find refuge in new places. I will give you dreams in the desert to guide you safely to that place you have not yet seen. The stories you tell one another around the fires in the dark will make you strong and wise. Outsiders will attack you and some follow you. And at times you will get weary and turn on each other from fear, fatigue, and blind forgetfulness. You have been preparing for this for hundreds of years. I am sending you into the wilderness to make a new way and to learn my ways more deeply. Some of you will be so changed by weathers and wanderings that even your closest friends will have to learn your features as though for the first time. Some of you will not be changed at all. Some will be abandoned by your dearest loves and misunderstood by those who have known you since birth who feel abandoned by you. Some will find new friendships in unlikely faces and old true friends as faithful and true as the pillar of God's flame. Sing songs as you go and hold close together. You may at times feel confused and lose your way. Continue to call each other by the names I've given you to help remember who you are. Touch each other and keep telling the stories. Make maps as you go, remembering the way back from before you were born. So you will be only the first of many waves of deliverance on the desert seas. <clears throat> it is the first of many beginnings your Pascal tide. <clears throat> Remain true to the mystery. Pass on the whole story. Do not go back. I am with you now and I'm waiting for you. I enjoy an array of spiritual practices. I'm drawn to variety in part because of the different perspectives each practice brings. But I also, on my more mindful days, cultivate ways to make the mundane a spiritual practice so that it brings its own variety. Whether you personally enjoy one reassuring or inspiring practice, or whether you also like diversity, in times like these, I encourage everyone to explore a practice that grounds you in your center and that also connects you deeply to the wider realm of humanity and compassionate existence. In the interest of sharing a practice you may wish to explore, here is one I frequently visit. I call it sacred reading, but there are many versions and names. It begins with a poem that I'm drawn to or a powerful song that gets stuck in my ear, or maybe a scripture or sacred teaching I find inspiring, or even frustrating. I read it one morning and then sit quietly with it. And I return to it throughout the day and week. The practice is not about finding some 
true meaning of the word, but in noticing what that meaning unfolds in me, how it takes on new colors and textures and depth within my experience over time. Here's one passage from Exodus that I've been reading this week. It is short. It's chapter 12, verse 34. So the people took their dough before it was leavened with their kneading bowls wrapped up in their cloaks on their shoulders. This short piece of scripture has spiraled out for me in these days. I think of the people Israel who were enslaved in Egypt, who stayed quiet in their homes as plagues were visited upon the Egyptians. And then in this verse, how they had suddenly to leave everything they had known in order to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. The parallels from the Exodus story to today are uncanny. Have you felt cast into uncertainty? We are certainly in a wilderness without a clear path ahead. And not to put too fine a point on it, but we also have yeast shortages and many are eating unleavened bread even without celebrating the ritual of Passover. For the people in our community of Jewish faith or background, this teaching will unfold even deeper resonance. Can this story of people who survived and all they had suffered, can it yield power and meaning to us today? In the era of legal shadow slavery here in the United States, this story from Exodus took on another level of symbolic meaning for the African-American community who were enslaved. This was an incredibly powerful story of release and salvation. African-American leaders used this story to inspire hope and collective action, to dare to go into the wilderness, to seek freedom and a God-given promise that is unknown. The song, We Shall Overcome, shares roots nurtured in this story, a story which has shifted over the ages across people and struggles and times, shifted, but inspired resilience each time. Let's follow the spiral of this story of Passover as it unfolds in our moment today. In an article titled, This Passover is Like the First Passover, by Rachel Scheinerman, which you can find on My Jewish Learning. It's an online source for education and inspiration about Jewish experience. This, this author, Scheinerman, reflects on the story of Passover and how remarkable the similarities are to our situation today. <clears throat> like our ancestors, she says, we hunker down in our homes while a plague swirls around us and towards redemption, we look. The first Passover was not celebrated with special dishes, bleached tablecloths, and matzo ball soup. It was marked on a calendar. It was not marked on a calendar months in advance. Families did not travel great distances to participate, and nobody was wearing new clothes. There wasn't even matzo on the table, and nobody was in a celebratory mood. The book of Exodus records that this first Passover was observed on the night before the Israelites were redeemed from slavery in Egypt. Now, you may know the story Scheinerman recounts from Exodus, that God had been visiting plague upon plague on the Egyptians, 
Yet the Pharaoh held fast and refused to release the people Israel from slavery. And so God visits one final plague, which is to kill every firstborn in every family. But the Israelites have special instructions they follow. Sacrifices and the blood of lambs upon their doorsteps to protect them from the plague. And overnight, the Israelites hear the cries of all the houses of Egypt and the Israelites are spared. Scheinerman goes on in the article to conclude the parallels. This Passover will be more like that first Passover than any other most of us have celebrated. The lucky ones are shut into our homes while the plague swirls outside. And the night feels like it will never end. The endless posts, articles, notifications, these are like the cries of the Egyptians that we hear all around us. But we can't really expect redemption at dawn. Coronavirus will still be here Thursday morning. We're not as close to the end of this road as the ancestors were. But one day there will be better treatments of vaccine, herd immunity. One day we will again experience redemption. I agree with Scheinerman. The parallels are evident and inspiring and yet herd immunity will not be our redemption. There will be other plagues. We have a hurting planet I must share with you and the resulting increase in droughts, wars, and desperate mass migration of refugees. These are precisely the conditions that will lead to more pandemics and sooner ones rather than later. It is a bitter pill to swallow, I know. But this is a story that our global history of disease tells us. In the book, Epidemics and Society from the Black Death to the Present, which came out presciently last year, Frank Snowden describes how over the course of human history, pandemics have been able to take root and spread precisely because of the opportunities provided from poverty racism, and societal abuse. And now, yet again, we are watching the tragedy of this pattern unfold as people already burdened with health risks due to poverty, stressful jobs, and systemic violence and oppression, they are already suffering more illness and death. This is especially evident among our communities of color and all lower wage and precarious workers let alone war-torn and economically struggling countries who are the victims of neoliberal globalization. Our current way of living together as individuals and communities of an interconnected web will surely lead us to revisit pandemic. And so now is the time, not only to weather Passover, now is the time to leave immediately and without hesitation Take everything we have known and leave it in order to journey into the wilderness towards something new, towards a promise that I hear calling and I hope you hear it too, because our salvation will not come from herd immunity. It must come from herd community. Scriptures may teach that redemption is God-given, but I believe Deep in my heart, I believe our salvation resides in the expanding power 
of our relationships in communities of communities seeking collective liberation. The journey towards collective liberation carries us through a wilderness and it is an unknown. We do not even know for certain if the promised land exists, a land where there is human society that does not feed on exploitation, that is not steeped in inequality, and that is not forged on the backs of the poor. But I believe it is worth seeking. After Exodus, there's another scripture I find resonates today. Even if for me, these words connect me more to where I believe we must go than where we are now. Raised unchurched, I encountered this Christian text about the resurrection in seminary while studying Christian scripture. In that course, I selected some pages to reflect on for sacred reading so that I could connect to the words more personally. One that I chose was Luke chapter 24, verses 13 to 35, and I'll excerpt from the New Revised Standard Version here. This takes place after Jesus is buried and some people have found his tomb empty. Two disciples have an encounter then on the road to Emmaus. Verses 13 through 16. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came upon them and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. They go on together and Christ attempts to remind them of scripture to give them hope and to believe in his resurrection, but it doesn't work. They still don't recognize him. Eventually, they're about to part ways at Emmaus as the disciples decide to invite Jesus to dine with them. And here's verses 30 to 34. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. And then their eyes were open and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. They then asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us? while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us. Now you must remember when I read this as a non-Christian and my interpretation was my own, but I was grateful for the metaphor. This is what it means, I thought. The spirit of love and universal compassion is born in our relationships. On a journey talking to a friend or stranger, the opportunity is there and it's in the act of giving and receiving, sharing with one another. There in that moment, we are saved from ignorance and liberated through compassion. My mind leapt at the metaphor and how it provides a way to understand the journey to collective liberation. Invite the stranger to your table, give and receive what you have, and there you will find salvation together better than any scripture or teaching. I was, however, roundly corrected by my Christian scripture teacher. This is most certainly not what the Christians interpreted this to mean, she said, and I ought not run off willy-nilly with my radical interpretations. The scripture was to teach Christians a literal bodily resurrection and that the companions literally saw the real embodied Christ 
when he broke bread. Sharing bread was intended to promote a religious practice and was not intended to teach a metaphor about compassion and resource sharing, she said. Although, if I wanted, it could certainly mean that to me. I'll also note that later studying early Christians, I'm not so convinced my professor's understanding was universal, at least among the early Christians. But regardless, there is a paradox here we must sit with. We must all hold this with great care when absorbing teachings and scripture from diverse peoples and times and religions. The inspiration we find is ours. And by allowing ourselves to be guided and inspired, we owe a debt to the ancestors who formed the ideas. We must honor that these teachers and stories may not be ours truly. We have not earned the stories for those of us who were not followers of these traditions. And yet, with humility and grace, we can receive inspiration even so. And so with all humility and begging grace, I invite you to lean on the sacred days and metaphors, stories of a journey. Let us be inspired and hopeful as we draw from the story of Passover. Let us be strong and wise and resilient as the people who survived leaving Egypt and journeying through a perilous wilderness towards the idea of salvation. And let us reimagine our rebirth into a more just community, inspired by the metaphor of the resurrection story. And let us sing the songs of strength and resilience from the ancestors who survived slavery here in this country and who won civil rights. Again, with humility for the struggles of the past and gratitude for the strength we can now draw on through song and story and metaphor. And above all, let us move forward in our journey, leaving what we must. Let this community redouble our commitment to lift up all those in society, members here in our community and in the wider world, those who are abused and mistreated and left without the resources needed to flourish. Scripture aside, deep in my heart, I do believe our salvation is waiting in the expanding power of our relationships in communities seeking collective liberation. Our salvation will not come from immunity. It must come from community. May that be so. Amen. Though we extinguish our chalice flame, we carry within us what we kindled here, the light of inspiration, the warmth of compassion, and the fire of commitment. May we bring these gifts into our lives and share them radiantly out in the world. Judy will lead us in our community blessing. I invite you now to join me in our community blessing with the words by David Brumbaugh. This church is dedicated to the proposition that behind all our differences and beneath all our diversity, there is a unity which makes us one and binds us forever together in spite of time and death 
and the space between the stars, we pause now in silent witness to that unity. Dear friends, we are in challenging times and we are here together with an opportunity every day to reach out and connect. After worship today, I hope you'll join the coffee hour. It'll be good to see you. And I also invite you to draw on the strength of the ancestors, the message, the lessons, the hope in the holy days. These days that have become potent as they were handed down year after year, generation after generation and sing the songs, take in the strength and the hope, but also the responsibility. Each of these stories was hoping for something greater. And the songs, we shall overcome. So let us be strengthened and let us be committed in our growing hope. Let that also parallel our growing commitment so that everyone can join in singing and believing we shall overcome. Amen. <laughs>